As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get breaking Saints news podcast, Saints player grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's it's painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's Wednesday, so that means we are live on the Spotify Green Room. If you're not listening to, listening to us live, download the Spotify app, do it in Google Play, do it in the Apple uh, App Store. Join us live every Wednesday. We are having fun. We're talking Saints. You can ask us questions. You can join us. It's great fun. Uh, so we're talking tonight. The Saints, Andrew, this time next week... We'll have had a day of practice to talk about the Saints. Is that, will be, is that a factual statement? That is a factual statement, right? They start on today's mm, the. I thought they report. What do they report on the twenty seventh? And I think the thirty first is like. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought they were. So I think you. No, I got I think it. They, I think I think next week they will have reported. So like they we would be. maybe find out if someone didn't show up and wanted a new contract or, you know, if they failed a physical or something like that. That's not going to happen because uh, if you don't show up, it's $50,000 a day. Although I guess if it it was like Michael Thomas and it was close. I mean, someone could be put in COVID protocol. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They'll have to test them all. So, you know, there might be a handful of guys with COVID. I I was arguing with people again today because they had a a pretty legitimate – NFL source was like uh, a scout was telling him that people were that uh, coaches were like threatening players and being like, if you don't get vaccinated, they're going to cut you. And I was like, what did you how did you think this was going to go? Like, you know, availability equals wins equals money. And if you think head coaches are going to let players at the bottom of their roster screw up their 2021 season, you're delusional. And that's just how it's going to well, that, go. That, that's, that's interesting because, like, when you're thinking about practice squad guys or you know, it's kind of like you said, the end of the roster, and you're like, I could do this backup linebacker or this other one, and it really could go either way. 
like is the one that's vaccinated the one that gets the job? Hundred percent. I would I, I would think yes because hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And putting your and team at less risk. You just don't say it out loud. Yeah, you, you can't know, say you, it. Out you'd loud. never. You you can't say it out loud because it's it the players' union. But like you, you can you can do it. You know you can. Sean, but how they, would you know? Should, he, that's the thing. How would you know? They'd never. They'd never tell you. But I, I don't think you can ask until you sign them. That's the thing. I think you can, no because it you can ask they just don't have to tell you like that's the thing and HIPAA like I can ask you any medical question I want of a, a, a HIPAA violation is when your doctor you, you leak or your the information leak the information now I can ask you and and you could be like well I don't have to tell you the players union says I don't well that's true but then I could just be like okay you're not going to tell me I'm going to assume you're not vaccinated we're not we're not taking you but it is interesting i just i just think teams yeah are i mean be, without 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 naming names like it's interesting like i have a i'll, I'll tell the story quickly because it's kind of it's related but it, it i have a band on on my roster you know i book bands for weddings and i have a band that categorically you know they're, they're a band and they can hire horns they don't have horns like hardwired in the band so that's stuff that music is all charted and if they want if they're if a client wants to add a horn player, they can they can do one, two, or three. But you know they're outsourcing that, so they get people to join the band, and like they have a rule categorically, you got to be vaccinated to play with them. And so they ask everyone before they hire them, like, are you vaccinated or not? You know, and if if they don't answer, then like, okay, we're not hiring you. So you know, <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, that's in my business. But like, I think in all walks of business, like, you're starting to see. You know, but yeah, I think with the Saints, it's interesting because it's like it's really just like exposure and, and like the playoffs and what's at stake. And especially yeah. as you get later in the season where it's like, you know, a guy goes down. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking back to like Saints seasons where you, know, you get into the playoffs and, and, you know, Garrett Griffin all of a sudden is on the team and he's playing tight end. And he's playing meaningful snaps because you, your tight end room has been devastated by injury. That happened to the Saints in 2018, right? And yep, so, right. and so I, I think fast forward to now, you look at these guys and you're like, okay, well, it could be Garrett Griffin, or it could be this other tight end guy that's vaccinated. I'm picking on Garrett Griffin here, but let's just say he's unvaccinated, and then it's like we could get this other tight end. This dude's vaccinated. When you look at that depth of the roster, like, I don't know that there's a like coaches are going to go with a the guy they like a lot of times because there's not a big difference. It's like, you're starting to talk about players that can't really cut it. You That's know? right. And so, and so like the coaches are generally going to go with the guy they like if they have to, if they have to stomach playing a guy like that. And so, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, does the vaccination start to tip the scales the other way? Well, no, I mean, well, last thing on this, you talk about likability. I was listening to, I forget who it was. It was either Dan Orlovsky or maybe it was Andrew Brandt. And they were talking about Chase Daniels, the old Saints quarterback, and how he's made $40 million in the NFL. There's no S in Daniel. They, Chase, Chase, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. And they said how he made $40 million. And the guy, whoever, was, whoever it was was like, the reason Chase Daniel has made $40 million is because he caters to what the starting quarterback wants and what the coaches want. Meaning if the quarter, if the starting quarterback is like, hey, stay with me and watch more film, Chase Daniel is like, cool, bring Completely. donuts. 
Okay, cool. I'll bring the donuts. Oh, you want to throw after practice? Okay, cool. Like he did everything the starting quarterback wanted, everything coaches wanted, and everybody loved him. And he made $40 million and he played like three games. So like that matters. Like, so especially not, not at the top of the roster, not for starters, but like at the bottom of the roster, you bet your ass like ability and doing what you doing, what you're told matters. Right. So vaccination, but we'll see. So as far as saints news, Andrew, uh, Kwan Alexander is one of the other players that he got cleared to, to do, I guess, full go. And he, his first visit, apparently teams won him, but his first visit was the Saints. And the Saints want to re-sign him. Uh, I think it's good because the more good bodies you have, if he, if he comes back and he's healthy, you know he's good, right? Um, and it gets me a chance to make all my Zach Bond as a bust jokes. Because to me, if they're bringing Kawan, Kawan Alexander back, it means they don't trust Zach Bond at all. But your thoughts on Kawan Alexander coming back? Well, uh, it's a head-scratcher a little bit because, you know, you've got a second-round pick in Pete Warner, and you were ready to get pick, pick Bond in the first round. You know, that, that's the, those were the rumors that, like, they liked Bond so much they were going to waste the first-round pick on it if Ruiz was gone. He was next on their list. Mm-hmm. so And they tried to trade into the second round to get him. So, like, Bond they had rated really high, and so you know all of a sudden, if you're picking Werner in the second round and you were gonna pick Bond in the first round, and neither of those guys are playing for you this year, <laughs> like I, I start to like that starts to like how great is Ireland? You know how great is this whole draft thing they have going? You know I think well, no, you start they just to wonder. They know they're just they're literally they have a curse and they are not allowed to pick draft a competent linebacker like that's that's at the point where we are with the saints i mean we're going on 20 27 years of them picking no, up anzalone, anzalone was yeah I, I would say anzalone was able he, he wasn't i would i, I <laughs> wouldn't call him most, good but I, most, I, he was room temperature you know that was the most damning phrase i think you've ever delivered on a player he was able that's what people say about me when I carry <laughs> things with both hands, Andrew. They say, oh, that's cool, Ralph. You're, you're using the left hand more? I'm like, yeah, I've been working out. Like, that is, that is a knife <laughs> to the belly. He's able. My God, man. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, Anzalone, <laughs> I, I would not put Anzalone in the Hazlitt linebacker group, you know? Yeah. He's, not, so, he's not on that level. Well, that's true. I mean, the, the Hazard linebackers, C. Grant, James Allen. That's Cedric what I'm saying. Like those, those guys were a disaster. I would not <laughs> call Anzalone a disaster. He, he wasn't a disaster. So, yeah. and guys, uh, when we, um, before we get to the main topic, if anybody has any thoughts about Kawan Alexander. Oh, well, here's going to be my last thought on Alexander before you let people in. Um, and I say this, I've said this many times on the show. I'm never going to be against signing a guy. Like, especially if it's the minimum. If it's like a, a price that you can afford that is generally fits within the cap, like there's no guy I'm not going to want in training camp competing. So like from that standpoint, depth, competition, and then look, 17-game season, 
something mm-hmm. happens. Yep. You, let's say he's not a starter, but something happens. You're going to be really glad you what, have a guy like Quan. What are the What are the COVID rules for? Do they have expanded practice squads this year? They do. COVID? So, I mean, you could sign him and put him on the practice squad if need be. You know, move him up, move him down. I mean, the thing is with the thing is with Quan Alexander is if he's healthy, he's re- he was really good. He his he had a lot of flaws with the Saints last year where he would. You know, you. I think he said it on tape. He would be aggressive. He would take wrong angles and this and that. But also, dude was super fast and could. Ma- he made shit happen. Fumbles, big plays. Like he just had a knack for it. Get, yes, that guy. Put him on my roster, please. Like, yeah. um. But my question is, um, Pete. Uh, before we get to our main topic of what happened, of the, the different timelines of what if Drew had gone to Miami, good, bad, and different for the Saints, uh, qu- does anybody in the chat, does anybody have thoughts about linebacker? Do you feel like Kwan Alexander, them, the Saints signing him, does it make you feel better? Does it make you feel worse about the the depth of, like, like I said, like it shows that they don't trust Vaughn. They Werner's a rookie. Um, does it make you more skittish about linebacker, where maybe it wasn't a, a thing you were necessarily worried about? And now you're like, oh, they're bringing in Quan Alexander. That means they think of it as like defensive de- defensive tackle and corner. Ugh, I'm I'm more nervous about it. So, if anybody has thoughts on that, you know, Andrew, and how did you feel about this uh, off season? I felt like this off season has been one of the longer ones that we've had. Even last year more when COVID, all the craziness of COVID, like this offseason, it really felt like it was slow and it's taken forever for us to get to camp. That's just my feeling of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, this offseason was both like – it had a lot of drama in the sense that, like, how are we going to get cap compliant? How are things going to work out at quarterback? Was Jameis going to be back? So there, there was a bunch of questions like that. Who were all the guys they were going to cut? Yeah. And and yet, like, I feel like this offseason kind of sucked. Like the draft, <laughs> the draft wasn't that exciting. Free agency was a bust. Well, the draft was exciting for like, like, in about an hour. During the day, when we thought they were trying to, when they were trying to move up to the yeah. top ten to get JC Horn, but we got Matt. Matt, what's your thoughts on the Saints linebacker adding adding Bond? Uh, I think linebackers overall just fine, to be honest. I mean, just looking at Quan, it's probably just okay. Let's get someone who's a bit more familiar with our system, and maybe like even if we add Quan, I think Warner would still probably out-snap him because Alexander would just be there are more passing situations with his, you know, sideline to sideline speed and his ability to, you know, cover running backs much better. I mean, I don't think it's more of a testament to how Bond is. I think it's just double – I would say it's just just to have someone good to split with Warner, like to not have him be there like 90% of the time, you know, take him out every now and then. I mean, we still got Demario Davis. Uh, I, I was never really worried about the linebacker, and even with the visit with uh, Kwan yesterday, I, I'm still not really worried about it. So you're saying we should sign Kwan or, or not? Yeah, it, it wouldn't be bad, you know, if we can get him for you know the right. But you're not, 
you don't you don't you don't sort of cast the side eye at him like I am, where you're like, oh, that to me tells tells me Vaughn, Vaughn is a bust, and they aren't confident Werner at all. Um, so that's fair. Here's uh, the thing, though, Ralph. If they're thanks, gonna sign, if they're going to sign Quan <laughs> Alexander, it's going to be to a one year deal. You know, and so oh, totally. from that standpoint, it's I don't think the book is necessarily closed on Zach Vaughn and certainly Pete Werner. I mean. The thing about Pete Werner is like his whole write up, like his whole deal, and if you look at his tape and everything, the whole thing about Pete Werner is he's NFL ready. Like he's yeah. a guy that you can plug and play this year. Like he's a guy that's developed, and he, you know, he's never going to be Demario Davis, but he's Scott Shanley, like probably year one. I he's think pro- he's I probably think, at that level. And so, like, I think I, I would Warner- just ask, like, if you were going to bring back Quan Alexander, all along. Then why, knowing all the other needs that were on this team, the holes at receiver, at corner, and now defensive tackle, why would you have drafted Werner if you were going to bring back Quan Alexander? That to me well, is a little because I I think I think maybe the Saints are like we we love Pete Werner or we really like him because we drafted him in the second round, but we aren't sure. And Quan Alexander is just. It's just sort of insurance. The one thing I'll say about Pete Warner is I think he's going to be like Roman Harper. They're going to plug in. He's going to play. He's going to be what he is right from the jump, and that's what he's going to be for the next five to seven years if he's healthy, like exactly like Roman Harper. But, Joshua, what, what is your thoughts on uh, the Saints trying to bring back Warren Alexander? First of all, Anzalone. <laughs> Anzalone, we're going to really see how bad of a player he is in Detroit. <laughs> I think Anzalone was just a byproduct of literally like, I'm happy to be here. I'll go tackle something if you need me to. I'll give it my best shot. As long and as my shoulders hold up. Exactly. Exactly. So Anzalone, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, if you put him on the Saints' 2015 defense, you would be wanting – you'd be just as bad as Stephon Anthony. Um, <laughs> he had his moments. He, he, You know, he's made some plays and whatnot, but – The hair Anzalone, was nice. The hair, yeah, the hair was, was magnificent. Nice. That's about it. The hair was magnificent. Uh-huh. The, the Not recovering the ball in the end zone against Kansas City was – Oh, nice. I forgot yes. about that. Oh, my God. And that's <laughs> why I'm like, not fall? you sure? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, as far as uh, Quan goes, I see it as again, and I'm I'm starting to think that the Saints are realizing we're really shitty at drafting linebackers. So they the chances are. of us actually drafting a great linebacker that's going to fit to our scheme exactly are pretty low. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, a lot of these linebackers, you know, don't really kick off like these second and below don't really kick off until a year or two in the system. Um, unless you're like a first rounder, um, it's kind yeah, of I don't know how you met defensive lineman. I don't know how you met. That's a good, that's a good question because the thing is with the thing is with defensive, defensive ends and and, and, and edge rushers, basically if you're not a first round pick, you're not going to get more than like a sack and a half usually is exactly. what, what was it they averaged? So I don't know. I don't know how you measure that with linebackers though, Andrew, that was a great, that was a great, easy Easy to digest, easy to understand stat with edge rushers. I don't know how you measure it with like linebackers that aren't first round linebackers. You know, that's yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And yeah. with, with K1 in general, I, I, me, it's like it, it's something that's it's worked. And all of our 
amazing linebackers that we've ever had have all been through free agency. Uh, that's why I feel more confident. Like, okay, get something that's a sure thing. Pete is still like he should be, but there's still a, a question mark of like, okay, will he fit in the system? All signs say yes. He's physically checked box. You know, he's checking all the boxes, but it's just like he may get there and just it may not work out. And that's the, my major concern. The, you, like, you know, you know what's funny of all the so just forgetting Hazlitt because his draft record was atrocious as far as linebackers are concerned. But like, even if you look at Anzalone and Stanley Arnoux and like some of the other Courtney Watson, like some of the well, was Watson was Watson a Peyton pick or was no, that a Hazlitt? Pick? Peyton, Watson was a Hazlitt. Okay, so Stephon Anthony would be one. If, if you think of all these guys that the Saints drafted at linebacker in the Sean Payton era, I actually think the best ones they developed are Joe Lon Dunbar and Jonathan Casillas. Like the That's best right. one, the That's best right. ones were UDFAs. That's right. Like, would you say that Joe Lon Dunbar was a better linebacker than Anzalone? I would say he was. Yes, he was. I was. Thank Casillas. I was mad when I think Casillas went to the Rams. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And he like he dominated for a little bit with the Rams, which I was completely mad when they let him go. But and Casillas, Casillas had a a real career, you know. Post Saints, he played. I think he started on the Giants. Yeah, and uh, he he was involved in ambush, wasn't he? Like, yeah, I'm kind of. Like he was a dude that blasted. I mean, he didn't recover it. Reese recovered it, but it was he what was, was a guy Hank Basket. I think yeah, he, he blew, blew up Hank Basket. He, 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 Hank Basket wasn't he married to somebody that had a reality yes. show? On e? He he was, he was married to uh, you know Hugh Hefner. Remember, he had like three oh, girlfriends. Yeah. yeah, she was one of them, and then she she left Hugh Hefner for Hank, Hank Basket. I forget so, her name. Someone listening must well, know. No, somebody listening. So Matt says, who has a stronger bad arm, Ralph or Anzalone? I think the question is, is Anzalone's bad arm, since he's a football player, is it stronger than my good arm? I would say it's questionable because my good arm can rock. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like seriously, like I can, like, uh, I've, I've thrown a fastball with my good arm 84 miles an hour. So like, no, yeah, yeah. Like my good, wow. my good arm is my good arm is. I only have one, Andrew. Like it's all I got. Like eighty-four you know? miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that was when I was younger. Now I wouldn't be able to fucking touch that. Oh, wow. But like, but like, uh, I've yeah. definitely never thrown that kind of heat in my life. Yeah, but like, I mean, That's it. I'm but, impressed. But I mean, think of it, Andrew. If you if you only had one good side of your body, you, you'd rock it. You're my my guess is that the fastest fastball I've ever thrown was probably like 59 miles an hour. Yeah, people were like, "Wow!" I'm like, "What did you think? I'm crippled." I got Kendra. Weird. That's it, Kendra. Kendra. Yeah, Kendra Wilkinson. Kendra Wilk- Wilkinson. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they had the whole uh, uh, TV show on E for a while. So that's the reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of that show? It was like. Life. Ken- Kendra and Hank, or but I don't know. She was on the Playboy yeah. thing, and yeah, I, I don't remember the name of it. But I gotta, mm. I gotta, um, I gotta Google Kendra E. Show. Let's see, Kendra. It was just Kendra. Yeah. So it was ran four seasons. So uh, I remember. That, I remember my life. My, that. It was yeah. garbage. So Joshua, thanks. Uh, thanks for. 
Thanks for uh, joining. Oh yeah. So- Yo, Ralph, I got to tell you this. Like, so uh, speaking of w- watching things that are terrible, I binged saw the song. Yeah, series. what would what I don't is know that about? Man. Like I just Why? H- I just got HBO and I was just like, oh, the Saw series are on here, and I'm like, you know, maybe maybe this is so bad it's good. Like, no, it's not. And I just learned, so I gr- I grind through it and I finished the six <sighs> the six movies, and then I learned there were two more. There's actually eight. And yeah. I couldn't do it. I was like, no. Like the thing I, about the I, I Saw movies that's amazing. Somebody in the Discord channel said, and and this is amazing. Like Saw movies, they only cost like five to ten million dollars to make, and they churn out like a hundred million dollars consistently. So like literally, if the if the movie studio isn't making Saw movies, they're losing money. Right. Yeah. But, so we had- uh, anyway, I did this so that none of you have to. Why? You got to trust me on this. It's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I listen to an entire Nickelback album, you know, if I listen to them all back to back, like that, that's what watching Saw kind of felt like. So we got, uh, we got a, uh, uh, TV star, Dylan. Uh, he's joining us. Dylan, what you got to say about Saints linebacker or, or just anything going into camp since we're so close. I'm just, I'm just looking around the NFC and the NFC to me is a tire fire. I mean, it Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. I mean, I mean, we're, is, we're, he, we're, is he really not going to play? Week he, I, I, this is another. If you're not, if you're not a patron and you're listening to this show for free because we made this the free one this week, this is another reason to get and become a patron and get into Discord. Uh, uh, a patron had a a fantastic Aaron Rodgers theory, and I love it. I'm going to run it by you guys. His theory was. Aaron Rodgers, he wants out of Green Bay, but just as important as getting out of Green Bay, he wants to make that general manager for the Packers look fucking terrible. And the way he does it is he he doesn't play the first game or two, and he makes everybody see how trash the quarterback is. Then Aaron Rodgers comes back, Green Bay starts winning, and Gouda Guda Camp or whatever his name is looks horrible for drafting uh, Justin. What's his name? Justin Love. Uh, Jordan Love, yeah. Jordan Love. So I love that theory, and it works out good for the Saints because it would mean Aaron Rodgers would miss the opening game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I just, I just, I just look around the NFC. I mean, I, I think, I think the thing that people just keep on forgetting is just how good this offense will look with a deep ball added back to it. I just think that's going to offset a lot of the things that we've lost this off season. Mm-hmm. And uh, the saints are going to, the saints are going to continue being aggressive. They're going to, they're going to pick up some people. And I, I just think, I just think if, if James can be competent, we'll be at least a wild card team. And I'm excited to see what we can do. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, that's a good point. Dylan is, is, at wide receiver, do you feel like anybody that it'll be somebody else besides Traquan that'll be the number two two oh, guy? Oh, I mean, I think I think you're going to see a mixture of, of Callaway. Callaway is going to look better because he's just going to get better, and then also we're going to be able to utilize Deontay Harris like Tyreek Hill. And 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 we have that deep ball now. Jameis is going to be able to connect with this guy deep. And p- meanwhile, because of that, 
teams are not going to be able to play cover two shell and press on everybody. Alvin Kamara is going to be running wild. And also, people forget to, like, we're going to get a healthy Michael Thomas back. You add all mm, of those. I'm worried about him. I'm, I'm a little worried about him. His, well, I mean, you know what? I'll believe it. I'll, be, uh, I'll, I'll worry if he's not doing well week one. But you know what? It, assuming he's healthy, this offense is going to be a lot more dynamic than it was last year. And that's not taking anything away from Drew Brees. You know, it's just, it's just when, when people forget how good this offense can be with a deep ball. We haven't seen that in five years. That's remember right. That's right. It's been five years since we've seen a real deep ball. I just, I, I, I'm excited to see this offense being a lot more explosive. And, and the thing is, is we're, Tom Brady's in his mid forties. It look, eventually his body will break down, and I think he's just one hamstring. They're they're one Tom Brady injury away from being a disaster. I just think Tampa Bay is super overrated too. They got really lucky. <laughs> I mean, people forget. People forget they're a they're a bad call against the Giants away from being six and six the last year. The Gi- yeah. they literally got screwed in that Giants game. Or, or the Giants got screwed. Well, I'm Dylan, I, I, I just gave you a gem. I have no idea what that is, but I, I just yeah. gave it to you. So um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I actually see in the chat, you know, there's some back and forth, Danny and Matt, who I can only assume are related. Um, Danny says, uh, I think Rogers is going to start against the Saints opening day. Matt says, I'm betting he won't be there. I, He's going I, Denver. I, I, I side with Danny here. Like, I just can't imagine Rodgers not playing. And I can't imagine yeah. him playing for anyone. I mean, they offered, I mean, I hope he doesn't. They offered him the – they offered to make him the highest paid quarterback and give him an extension. Now, they didn't give the they, – they didn't give out specifics of the extension. But obviously, the, the Green Bay tried to throw money at him to cure the problem. And Aaron Rodgers was like, no. So but, that but he can t- he can take that at any time. I'm yeah. I'm I'm going to profit off of this three ways because I've already bet I've already bet <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings to of win the NFC North. I, I also bet the Denver Ooh, Broncos like to win the uh the, I bet the over on their win total and I also bet them to win the Super Bowl. Well, De- I tell you what, Denver might have the now that the Saints had to you know, do Loomis math to keep most of the roster intact. I think you can make a case that Denver from top to bottom has the strongest roster. They just don't have a fucking quarterback. He, you he know? ain't playing for Green Bay. I, I'm convinced. <laughs> so, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for joining in. Dexter. Man, I really hope that happens. Oh, I mean, God. Not, not dealing with Rodgers week one and oh, then my. just not dealing with My pleasure, guys. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Yeah. No, um, I mean, listen. I've I've said it many times. Winning the opening game at home, it's just one of my favorite feelings in sports because you oh, walk out of the, you because you walk out of the dome. You're like we're one and zero. We're in first place. All everything are everything is possible. Yeah, it's just great. Ralph Marlboro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock 
We'll see you there. Saints football is almost here. Thank God. Saints Happy Hour needs your support. We need money to buy the finest meats and cheeses to pay Thomas in Poland. We need money to buy show intros like Sean Payton and to have mediocre audio. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And access to our private Discord channel to talk Saints 24-7 and the world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Annual patrons get a month for free. So go sign up at saintshappyhour.com and support the show. Do it. Go right now. Go to saintshappyhour.com. So the main topic of the show now we're going to get to, and this is because Nick Saban, again, he was at SEC Media Days this week. And he was, again, he was like, ah, I knew when we didn't get Breeze and they wouldn't, the doctor wouldn't let me sign. I knew that I was leaving Miami. And you know me, I just, I understand that uh, the doctors have the final say and, and Nick couldn't do what he wanted. But I feel like Nick Saban always brings up that he couldn't sign Drew Breeze to have people not pay attention to how bad of a drafter he was, how bad he was at free agency with Miami. Like he was a, look at his drafts. The two drafts with Miami, all his free free agent acquisitions, they were all disasters. And that's what annoys me a little bit. But I think it's – He think also it's a, went with Dante Culpepper. Like that, yeah. that – When Breeze – when they passed on Breeze, he, he was like, all right, well, if we can't get Breeze, I'll wash Dante Culpepper. Give me that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he could have decided to go another route at quarterback. He could have drafted a guy. But yeah. he went with Culpepper. So I Hell, he could have gone out. with this he could have gone with the Saints backup plan of Josh McCown would have been better than, than Culpepper. No, with no, definitely. With no good knees. But I think it's interesting to talk about the scenarios because we were talking about that in a in a in a text chain today uh with Kevin and Dave. The the scenarios and I think the scenarios with if if, if Drew Brees goes to Miami, one, I don't think I, well, I'm 100% certain that Drew wouldn't have been as successful as he was with the Saints. I don't know I that Drew Brees wins a, wins a Super Bowl Miami because what I saw from Saban for two years, I don't think Saban is good at identifying uh, talent in the NFL. He's good at accumulating talent in Alabama recruiting, but recruiting is not drafting. And I think Drew Brees – wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if he was with Nick Saban. And I know that's a hot take, but that's the, that's the Miami path. Do you disagree with that as we go? It's hard to say. Um, I, I think Sean Payton needed Breeze more than Breeze needed Payton. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, will, I will say that. Like I, they needed each other. I, I think there was some magic there between Loomis, Payton, Breeze, that that combination yeah. of people, like that, the stars kind of aligned, you know, yeah. to make to make something great there. Um, and I wonder, and certainly, I mean, you look at guys like Marcus Colston, I mean, Lance Moore, yeah. like those guys would just they wouldn't have been what they were without Breeze. Yeah, and I just think Sean Payton, Sean Payton. I saw a tweet. Somebody said something about if if Reggie Bush would have played today, he'd have been way better because Sean Payton didn't. You know how to use yeah, I mean, him, and you were out, like, and you were like, get out of here. And yeah, the thing was, is, like, 
Like Sean Payton was ahead of the curve with throwing a Reggie Bush and, and all the 5,000 yard seasons Drew had, I 100% believe he would never have had them with Nick Saban. Like Sean Payton was ahead of the curve throwing the ball and he's still kind of ahead of the curve. Wasn't Carl Smith the offensive coordinator of USC when Bush was there? Or was it Norm Chow? It was, a, it was Norm Chow. Uh, Carl Smith was the quarterback coach, I think. Okay, well, you want to tell me those guys know how to utilize Reggie Bush more than Sean Payton does? <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Anyway, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's not even worth talking about on this podcast. Yeah, I do think, I do think that if, if he goes to Miami, though, Drew Brees, I think there's a lot of difference in there. I bet they go to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I think they go to the playoffs. I think the interesting thing is with the Saints, because the Saints would have had a lot of different paths, right? You would have had – I think you would have had the nightmare path of they sign Josh McCown and they draft Matt Leiner, and you got that turd platter working. Now, maybe Sean Payton is brilliant. Maybe he gets something out of Josh McCown, and he he gets the Saints to like – they would have been better than 3-13, and I think, because their draft in 2006 – Maybe they still get Reggie Bush because the Texans would have taken, uh, Will you know Mario Williams. That that the Drew Brees decision didn't affect that. So maybe that would have been different. But like, th- there's a scenario where like the Saints are stuck in mediocrity, and the maybe the the dome doesn't stay filled because they're not winning, right? Because they won right out the gate. So there's a scenario where maybe they don't win, and Drew and Tom Benson starts playing footsie more with San Antonio. So there's a there's a dark timeline. Without Drew Brees as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, it would have been interesting, man. I, I I think about that all the time. I think about what if Saban had kept his job because Brees had gone there and and not gone to Alabama. You know, what what would all this time have looked like? Well, he just. Left? I think I think Saban Saban was going to try the NFL, but you might have got two, three, four more years out of LSU. Yeah, but at that point, yeah, right. At that point, Alabama would have hired someone else. And That's right. Saban would have gone, you know. Maybe he would have gone back to Michigan State. Maybe the L- I mean, LSU job would have opened up a couple years yeah. later. I mean, yeah. Alabama was going to hire Rich, Rich Rodriguez. And oh, then – man, what could have been. I mean, God. But uh, the, the, the most interesting scenario to me if Drew would have gone to Miami was – the Saints, Sean Payton wanted Romo. Yeah. And Dallas, remember, at this point, you know, Phil Parcells kind of says now, we, I, told, I told Sean Payton to sit down and have a glass of warm milk. That wasn't going to happen. But at the time, Tony Romo had not thrown an NFL pass. And Dallas was like, okay, you want Romo? Give us the 34 pick, which is a very high pick. It's basically a first-round pick, right? And – Tony Romo hadn't thrown a pass. Can Who'd they you... say? Was it Roman Harper they took with that pick? Yeah, it was Roman Harper. Yeah. So it was a good yeah. – I mean, that's a – the 34 pick is a very high pick. Can you imagine – and I'm a, it would have worked out because Tony Romo with the Saints, he had health issues, but maybe with the Saints, they'd have had a better offensive line. Sean Payton was a better offensive coordinator than they ever had in Dallas. Maybe he'd have stayed healthy longer. Maybe he'd have been great. We'll get to that in a second. But, Andrew, can you fucking imagine – in March of 2006, the Drew Brees is holding up the Dolphin jersey. And then two days later, it comes across the wire. The Saints have traded a second-round pick for a UDFA from Northern Illinois, Tony Romo. He's never thrown a pass, and Sean Payton really likes him. 
because they went to the same college. Can you imagine the freak out we would have had? Now, I know it's before Twitter, but oh my God, we'd have lost our minds. We'd have been we like, would have lost what? our minds. We would yeah, have like, uh, like another. We would have been a. Here, here's another terrible hire. Dude doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, this Pick, is you know, picking picking guys he likes. Yeah, this is yeah. Schuler all over again. Yeah. Like, but you know what? You know what? Romo would have been awesome. Romo he would have been. been. I mean, he wouldn't have been Drew, obviously, but he would have been awesome in this offense. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't. I don't think the Saints would have won a Super Bowl, but they would have made the playoffs with Romo. They would have made the playoffs a bunch, and they'd have secured the future. It would have been, the Saints with the Saints as constructed, just with Romo instead of Breeze, would have been a lot of fun. I don't think they would have ever won a Super Bowl, but Romo would have made a lot of Pro Bowls. And like, here's the thing: up to that point, we hadn't had much fun. We hadn't. We had right. we, didn't, we didn't really know what winning a lot would have been like. So Romo. Here, here, the the thing though is like those defensive those seasons where the defense was worse in NFL history. You know, Breeze propped them up and made them seven and nine. I I don't yeah. know that I don't know that Sean Payton would have survived those years with Romo because yeah. I think they would have well, gone four and twelve and he would have gotten yeah. fired and a new coach <laughs> may not have wanted wanted him. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The 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 the. He- if Tony Romo, the only way they would have survived it is if he'd have been healthy. But I think it's an interesting question, and uh, and Matt's joining back in. Matt, if they had Tony Romo instead of Breeze, would they have won a Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, Tony Romo's good, man. Tony Romo, I mean, he's I, he's sort of underrated, even though he's a Cowboy quarterback. Like, his stats were freaking really good. Oh, yeah. I think Tony Romo was a good quarterback for – for the Cowboys. I mean, he made some amazing plays. I just don't know if he would have the same, you know, kind of brittle period that he had with the Cowboys later in his yeah. lifetime. That, that's my one concern. But yeah. I did want to add this. So there was actually a video called NFL led by uh, Dave, Dave Damachek, if you all know about him. And he did, did a topic based on, you know, what happened if Miami did go with Drew Brees. And the timeline he had for the Saints was that. For the number two, instead of getting Reggie Bush, they would go after Vince Young, which I thought would be kind of interesting because how would Sean Payne do with Vince Young at quarterback? Ooh, that's instead. interesting. Yeah, because, like, Vince Young, I think, was a better quarterback NFL-wise than Matt Liner because when you look at Liner, oh, he went to Arizona, which, had, which it's not a bad line, bad land spot because you had, you know, a prime Larry Fitzgerald, a prime Anquan Bolden. You know, well, the thing to... about Matt Leinert was he hurt his shoulder and he was he was damaged goods. He never yeah he never was as good as he was in college because his shoulder wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah, so I'm always kind of curious, you know, how would uh, Vince Young do like with like a good coach? Because you know he had Jeff Fisher for the longest time. Oh, that's right, and seven then... to nine, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, he got the playoffs went... one year. Vince Young did. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, He's rookie of the year, right? He was rookie of the year in two thousand. He was. Yeah, he won rookie of the year, and I think it was more because of his performance. And I do remember the times going to the playoffs. So I don't think it was. Okay, I'm thinking two thousand eight when they ha- when he got benched for Kerry Collins. But I remember two thousand nine, his heroics where he kind of won back his job. But I I still think like if he would have. Then with Champagne the sanction with an actual good receiving core and all that, it would have been a different uh, timeline for him yeah. because he had guys like Bobby Wade and Justin Gage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the one fun thing with 
The one fun possibility with Tony Romo, though, is if the Saints get Tony Romo from the Cowboys, the Cowboys, they haven't won squat since Jimmy Johnson. But can you imagine the fun that we could have had with Cowboy fans if the Saints win a Super Bowl with Romo, the quarterback you traded away, and you're still a dumpster fire. Like, it wouldn't have been as fun as Breeze, but oh my God, it would have been amazing. Um, so, um, would that, would, would Romo, would winning a Super Bowl with Romo, Andrew, would it be. It, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you. Would it be been as fun as winning in 2009 with Breeze? But would it have been funner than any other sports rooting experience you ever had? Like, would it be more? Would it would it, would it would it have been more fun than all the LSU titles or whatever sports experiences you've had? Uh, I'm not sure. I really understand the question. I mean, the Saints winning the Super Bowl Super with Breeze is, is the apex of. Of my rooting, so you history. would just switch. You would just switch out with Romo. Yeah, like I, I, if I never knew any better, like if Breeze had just gone to the Dolphins and I never took any interest in the person other than just knowing that he went to Purdue and then he was at the Chargers. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure I would have liked him from afar in the sense that, like, seems like a good dude, you know, good teammate, all that stuff. Like, says all the right things. So, like, I'm sure I, I would have like been fine with Drew Breeze as a person. But, like, I wouldn't have cared about him, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, if Romo yeah. was our guy and we won a Super Bowl with Romo. We'd be like, thank like, God Breeze chose Miami. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be all in on Tony <laughs> Romo. So, and, and you know, I, I, not everyone feels this way, but I kind of like Romo. I know that oh. you know, he's got the Cowboys stink on him and a lot of <laughs> Saints fans hate him and like to say that he chokes and all that. But, like, I kind of always admired Romo from afar. And, and post that. Post NFL, I think his commercials are kind of funny. I like him as an announcer. I'm going to come out and say, like, I kind of like Tony Romo. I mean, his 31, 32, 33, and 34 year old seasons, he threw 31, 28, 31, and 34 touchdowns. And yeah, the Cowboys. He was real. I mean, and that was he, in Jason Garrett's offense. I mean, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, with Sean Payton, he would have been way better. Yeah. Like, he, he, uh, he, he, and, and the thing with Tony Romo, was like he could he could motor and like scoot around and like create crazy plays and it would have been it would have been fun it would have just it, it would have been really it's it's a really interesting thing it's a really interesting thing to think about uh, and I enjoy and I enjoy banging I enjoy banging on Nick Saban it's just it's just uh it's just Ralph you're jo- you're giving Matt a run for his money with the background noise I know right That's right now. My, Joshua says, I loved, I loved Romo. And I know people get annoyed with his play-by-play, but I think his play-by-play is really good. And I'm, I'm really oh, yeah, interested. I think it's good. I enjoy I, it. I really, I'm really interested to see how Drew does with Notre Dame. How good is he? So now we got Andrew's dad, who's a regular on the, on the Spotify. Mr. Juge, uh, what are your, what is your thoughts on like the alternate timeline with maybe the Saints have Romo or, or another scenario? Do, Matt Liner. Right, right, well, yeah, oh, what my I, God. Yeah. Yeah, what I remember, Ralph, is I, I, I remember thinking well, – I, I was a huge Leinert fan, so I was thinking if Breeze, if we don't get Breeze, we're going to get Leinert instead of Reggie Bush. But, what, you know, my take is that, you know, if you look at what Saban was doing at LSU before he left, I, 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 don't, I don't remember any theory that Nick Saban 
was an offensive genius or that he was yeah. a play caller. So, I mean, that's right. Now, of course, LSU had balanced attacks, but, you know, they had quarterbacks like Matt Flynn and who was the other guy that won the championship in 03? Matt yeah, Matt, Matt Mark. Yeah. I mean, then they couldn't win one with Jamarcus Russell, but then again, we know what he did later. No, but the thing is that, yeah, to me, LSU was still then, you know, a wham-bam, you know, huge running back-oriented offense. I mean, I remember Allie Broussard, you know, getting, you know, 230 right. yards against Ole Miss one year um, and then didn't want to come back. But no, so, so to me, I, I personally can't imagine that Drew Brees would have had the kind of offensive success like he had with the Saints, with the Dolphins, you know, if you add to Breeze, the innovation from Sean Payton. So I, I just, I don't see Drew Breeze's career. I, I'm sure it would have been great, and I'm sure he would have been, you know, made the playoffs, a Super Bowl, you know, who knows. But I just can't imagine that Breeze would have had, you know, several, you know, successive 5,000 yards. Yeah, no, I think, Nick I Saban think was going to be running the ball far too much. That's I my think that's opinion. a great point because, because I remember, Andrew, I remember that Cleveland game, the first one. And looking at it and being like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, granted, he was facing Romeo Cornell on the other side. But I remember thinking, oh, my God, Sean Payton is coaching the pants off this guy. They're throwing the ball all over the place. This is really fun and interesting. Like, you knew from the jump that Sean Payton was not that he was going to be as successful as he was, but you knew he was different and the Saints offense, it looked very, very different than what I was used to. So like I think I think your dad's point of like it would it wouldn't the, the yards and the touchdowns, I don't think that there there's no way that's there with Saban. Yeah, that's my take. It's possible that they would have turned Breeze into a game manager kind of deal in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. The only the other thing I wanted to say about, about this season coming up, Ralph, is that I'm I think I'm getting ready to give up on defense. I think we're going back to the. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We give up thirty points a game. We got to score thirty three or thirty five to win, and we can do it. And I, I think Kamara's going to have a great year. I, I think the offense. You know, I, I agree with what other folks were saying about the deep threats, and so so I think we're looking at having to score thirty two, thirty five oh, points no, a game to no. win. Oh, and. Lord. Um, and and I and I think we're just going to have to you know have a good enough record to make the playoffs and hope. So that that's 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 my take on defense. Well, Jameis one of one, Andrew has already laid the groundwork to turn against the Saints if Jameis doesn't succeed. No, so, yeah, he's blaming the defense, right? He's saying they lost. He's already the, saying like, yeah, Breeze Breeze had it better. Breeze had it better. Don't yeah. don't uh, don't blame Jameis if it doesn't go well. Um, you know. The, the Saints are they're they're fragile, but I'm still I, like it's July, so I've I've talked myself into Billy Joe Holbert at quarterback, so I sure as hell can talk <laughs> myself into James. Like 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 I talked my, myself into the Kerry Collins experiment. Yeah, like my 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 bounds of delusion in July have no they have no limit. Um, but I I still think Dylan's point about the NFC, like you look around the NFC, if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback of Green Bay and he goes to the AFC, I think the NFC is where you want to be. Because you look at the AFC, you got Mahomes, you got Josh Allen. Um you have you have and Kansas City looks like they're gonna be great for a long time. Dude, right? I, I just I just had a thought. I just What's had this that? crazy thought. What if Denver trades for Rogers and 
you know, the Packers are like, well, we're going to roll Jordan Love, but, like, he's not ready to go yet. Oh, so, no. So, and it's Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, my God. And he God. starts week one for the Packers. That would scare, that would scare me to fucking death. I mean, that's death. probably not happening, but I'm just It's probably not happening? Yeah. I, that it's, would it's, sc- it's like there's like a 2% chance, right? Would scare, that would scare me to death. The uh, ex-Saints quarterback coming back for the revenge game. Oh, I, yeah. would would you rather you, you'd, you'd rather Jordan just mark Love this down? Him. Like put this down that I just brought this up. Thomas, I, check the time. If it play, yeah, if it plays out like that, that would be insane. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably gonna be Jordan Love. But I, I still think Rogers comes back, man. I don't know, but yeah. So all of a sudden, the NFC. I totally agree. Just looks very different. The landscape without Rogers. and and the Rams just lost Cam Akers at running back. Now the Rams um, are still going to be good. They'll still be fine. Yeah, I mean, but well, I mean that hurt. Let them lose Wentworth. You know, I think the I think the Rams are kind of like the Saints. Like they're fragile. Being, yeah, fragile. Yeah, like I think the Rams are fragile. And look, I I just think the NFC the next three to five years is where you. Is where you want to be because even jo- like Trevor- Joshua says Arizona and the Rams are the only teams that scare him. I mean, I, I don't think Arizona is very well coached. I'm not right. a the- King- Kingsbury believer. Personally. Joshua, I want you to know it's not 2015; it's 2021. Arizona should not scare you. Like JJ Watt and uh, who else have they? Who, do, who else did they sign? That's old. They signed uh, AJ Green. Like. Yeah. Um, oh, Joshua says, you think the Rams come sniffing around Latavius Murray? I mean, I just don't – like the Saints, like if they if they were going to move on from Latavius Murray, like they'd have done that trade before the draft. Like the, Or the they would have cut him, yeah. For or they would have cut him yeah. for cap space. Like the Saints, like they've, they've done all of their like cut – I mean – Bloodletting. Bloodletting and that sort of thing. I don't see – I don't see them. I don't see. I see them trading draft picks, maybe, but I don't see them trading. I mean, if the Saints were going to trade a player for a defensive tackle or a corner, who do you think it would be, Andrew? If if they were going to do, would there be anybody in the roster that you would be like, eh, that could be a guy they would move? Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question. Um... Yeah, Marcus Davenport. Yeah, ooh, that's a guts. Yeah, like I, I could see, I could see Marcus, I could see Marcus Davenport being moved. But that, but the thing is, for Marcus Davenport, it would have to be a team. The thing is, for that, it would have to be a team that gets a little bit desperate about defensive end, and they have to have a. I would say. I would say it would have to be a corner. Like I don't know that the Saints would trade Davenport for a defensive tackle. You know, like I think yeah. it would have it would have to be a plug and play corner, and the Saints would be like, "Well, that's what we did. We we feel like it's a good deal." Because I think that I think the Saints are gonna are gonna try. I think there's a chance that they might try to. To 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 skate by for six weeks at defensive tackle. I don't know if it's smart, but I think they might try. So Ralph, yeah. as we as we approach training camp, and as you said, next week, this time next week when we do the show, guys of the vets will have reported mm-hmm. to training camp. 
What's the one thing as we go into camp that, and you, you can't say like sign this guy. Like, not, I'm not talking about acquiring players. I'm just talking about what's on the roster right now that you would most want, like a week or two in a camp. Like, if the, we were getting this news, like this guy looks amazing, or this this is happening. Like, what's the one thing you would want? I mean, the easy answer is just like Jameis is just killing it. But yeah. the the answer that I want, I think, is going to surprise you. I want one of those front seven guys that they've drafted, either Werner or Davenport or um, Peyton Turner. One of they need a guy in the front seven. To be lighting it, I want I want to hear Nick Underhill saying this dude on is lighting it up in the front seven because I think if you add a dominant guy into the front seven mix and you get Cam Jordan back to 2019 Cam Jordan, but if, if you add Peyton Turner is lights out to start or Davenport is lights out or Werner is better than what we think he can be and he's not just a replacement. Uh, uh, linebacker, uh, then I think the Saints defense can be really good and you can mitigate uh, Onyemata and you can maybe mitigate having a bad second corner if uh, Adebo is no, any good. That, that's, that's a good, strong answer. And Joshua gave a – he wants Paulson Adebo to be amazing because, yeah, I mean, look, if Adebo comes in and right from the get-go and we're here in camp, like Adebo is matched up with Mike Thomas and he's shutting him down and he's looking awesome – then you've got a tandem at corner all of a sudden with Lattimore and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Nickel. Uh, by the way, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing on the outside at corner, could that be a, a possibility? I'd just throw that out there. But anyway. He was Hall um, of Fame on Twitter this week. banging up. He banged on New Orleans East, and then New Orleans Twitter got mad at him for making fun of New Orleans East when they make fun of New Orleans East every fucking day. <laughs> Um, but the, the reason I asked the question and, you know, I was thinking about obviously the quarterbacks are, are the obvious answer, but the one guy we don't talk about enough and who, you know, I would say two weeks in a camp, if we were starting to say, holy shit, Adam Troutman is Jimmy Graham. Oh my or, God. Holy shit. Like, like Adam Troutman, maybe not Jimmy Graham, but like, you know, Adam Troutman is ridiculous. Like he's better than prime Ben Watson. Oh, because yeah. it, it, because then I feel like if Jameis has a security blanket over the middle where he's got a, ta- a target that's catching everything, doing a lot of damage over the middle, just what that opens up for Michael Thomas. And like the scenarios were Traquan Smith, the people forget he exists. I think that ramps goes up. On, it ramps Steroids. up exactly. I mean, what what do you? What, that's a good question. Then we. we I, I just think when we we look at all these receivers, Traquan, Deontay, and Callaway, like we like them all. We hope they work out. But to me, what makes this offense go from like strong to ridiculous is all of a sudden you got Kamara, you got Michael Thomas, but like. If all of a sudden the Saints have a Travis Kelsey, you know, just like an elite tight well, end what in their is he, offense, what is it? Then, what then, I, then I just think Deontay Harris like can really gash you. 
because you what, can't pay as much attention to him. What level, and then we got to get out of here, but what level does Troutman have to hit for the Saints offense in your mind to remain where it's been the last decade throwing the ball? Like me and Travis Kelsey year two, that's a little like Jimmy yeah. Graham did it. So that's, it can happen. But, but like what level does he, what, what's the level that he has to reach for this offense to be the same old Saints the last 15 years that it's been? Like, oh, I think if he's Jared Cook year one, you know, so the, the Jared Cook towards the end of year one when, when he was kind of tearing it up for the Saints. But, you know, if he's a 60-catch, eight-touchdown tight end, that that's significant. Now, if he's an 80-catch, 12-touchdown tight end, then I think this offense starts to get in the holy shit levels. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> if, if, if they do that, like, they will – they'll be – they can – it'll be it, – I mean, it'll be hard to reach 2011 because 2011 is one of the great offenses of all time. They just aren't thought of that way because they didn't win a they didn't win a Lombardi. But it could it, it could be back to it could get to but, 2000. But Troutman, Troutman is the big unknown to me because mm-hmm. we, we haven't really we didn't really get a chance to watch but glimpses of him last year and he he was exciting but like he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's he is the guy and like if Nick Vanette is the starter week one. Oof. You know, then it's like that, that's going to be <laughs> that's, that's going to be a bunch of cold water thrown on us. You know, we're going to yeah. be taking the ice bath. But like if Troutman is what we think he can be like that unlocks the whole offense. It really does. Yeah. And, and that's the final thought. And then we get out of here is this training camp. Look, it's it's the Saints. We aren't as secure as knowing that their roster is loaded. So. You know, we're all in the, always in the mode of just stay healthy for training camp, just be healthy. That's always number one. But I do think for the first time in a while, Andrew, we've got a bunch of cool stuff that we are going to be monitoring every goddamn day and watching these practices. And it isn't just, oh, good, nobody got hurt. Like it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, what's happening at tight end? What's happening at corner? What's happening in, in, you know, at defensive end, what's happening at linebacker? Like, it's going to be all these questions that we haven't had in a while, and uh, it's just going to make it's going to make for a. I think it's going to make for a great month uh, of August as far as training camp and awareness and fun. And that's why you need to be a patron because we're going to cover it every day with audio from uh, Sean Payton and players. But thanks to everybody for joining us on the Spotify Wednesday show. We appreciate you guys. It's been great. Join us. If you're listening to this uh, in your RSS feed or the free version on Art19, download the Green Room app from Spotify and join us every Wednesday. Andrew, we signed the contract with the Green Room. We are doing this all football season, every week through the end of the football season. So get the Spotify app already. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.